Hi, this is Danny Whitaker with Devoted to Scripture. I'm reading through the Bible in a year and sharing my reading with you. This is day 105 of our journey. Today we read of the major construction projects of King Solomon. First, Solomon took seven years to build the Lord's temple. This was a great and beautiful building that was built by master craftsmen and adorned with intricate carvings. At the end of this construction, Solomon began construction on his own royal palace. This construction took 13 years. The palace compound consisted of multiple buildings and was a much larger project than the temple. That being said, we also know from 1 Chronicles 22 that David did much of the preparatory work for the temple and that his work helped to shorten the length of time required for its construction. May our dedication be first applied to building up Christ in our lives as the priority over building up ourselves. Join me in 1 Kings 6 and 7 to see Solomon's great architectural wonders. 1 Kings 6 In the 480th year after the Israelites left Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, during the month of Ziv, the second month, he began building the Lord's temple. The temple King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The porch in front of the main hall of the temple was 30 feet long, corresponding to the width of the temple. It was 15 feet wide, extending out from the front of the temple. He made framed windows for the temple. He built an extension all around the walls of the temple's main hall and holy place and constructed side rooms in it. The bottom floor of the extension was seven and a half feet wide, the middle floor nine feet wide, and the third floor ten and a half feet wide. He made ledges on the temple's outer walls so the beams would not have to be inserted into the walls. As the temple was being built, only stones shaped at the quarry were used. The sound of hammers, pickaxes, or any other iron tool was not heard at the temple while it was being built. The entrance to the bottom level of side rooms was on the south side of the temple. Stairs went up to the middle floor and then on up to the third floor. He finished building the temple and covered it with rafters and boards made of cedar. He built an extension all around the temple. It was seven and a half feet high, and it was attached to the temple by cedar beams. The Lord's message came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if you follow my rules, observe my regulations, and obey all my commandments, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people Israel. So Solomon finished building the temple. He constructed the walls inside the temple with cedar planks. He paneled the inside with wood from the floor of the temple to the rafters of the ceiling. He covered the temple floor with boards made from the wood of evergreens. He built a wall 30 feet in from the rear of the temple as a partition for an inner sanctuary that would be the most holy place. He paneled the wall with cedar planks from the floor to the rafters. The main hall in front of the inner sanctuary was 60 feet long. The inside of the temple was all cedar and was adorned with carvings of round ornaments and of flowers in bloom. Everything was cedar. No stones were visible. He prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple so that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord could be placed there. The inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 30 feet high. He plated it with gold, as well as the cedar altar. Solomon plated the inside of the temple with gold. He hung golden chains in front of the inner sanctuary and plated the inner sanctuary with gold. He plated the entire inside of the temple with gold, as well as the altar inside the inner sanctuary.
In the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood. Each stood 15 feet high. Each of the first cherub's wings was seven and a half feet long. Its entire wingspan was 15 feet. The second cherub also had a wingspan of 15 feet. It was identical to the first in measurements and shape. Each cherub stood 15 feet high. He put the cherubim in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Their wings were spread out. One of the first cherub's wings touched one wall, and one of the other cherub's wings touched the opposite wall. The first cherub's other wing touched the second cherub's other wing in the middle of the room. He plated the cherubim with gold. On all the walls around the temple, inside and out, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom. He plated the floor of the temple with gold, inside and out. He made doors of olive wood at the entrance to the inner sanctuary. The pillar on each doorpost was five-sided. On the two doors made of olive wood, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom, and he plated them with gold. He plated the cherubim and the palm trees with hammered gold. In the same way, he made doorposts of olive wood for the entrance to the main hall, only with four-sided pillars. He also made two doors out of wood from evergreens. Each door had two folding leaves. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers in bloom and plated them with gold, leveled out over the carvings. He built the inner courtyard with three rows of chiseled stones and a row of cedar beams. In the month Ziv of the fourth year of Solomon's reign, the foundation was laid for the Lord's temple. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, the eighth month, the temple was completed in accordance with all its specifications and blueprints. It took seven years to build. 1 Kings 7 Solomon took thirteen years to build his palace. He named it the Palace of the Lebanon Forest. It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. It had four rows of cedar pillars and cedar beams above the pillars. The roof above the beams supported by the pillars was also made of cedar. There were 45 beams, 15 per row. There were three rows of windows arranged in sets of three. All of the entrances were rectangular in shape, and they were arranged in sets of three. He made a colonnade 75 feet long and 45 feet wide. There was a porch in front of this, and pillars and a roof in front of the porch. He also made a throne room called the Hall of Judgment, where he made judicial decisions. It was paneled with cedar from the floor to the rafters. The palace where he lived was constructed in a similar way. He also constructed a palace like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. All of these were built with the best stones, chiseled to the right size and cut with a saw on all sides, from the foundation to the edge of the roof and from the outside to the great courtyard. The foundation was made of large, valuable stones, measuring either 15 feet or 12 feet. Above the foundation, the best stones, chiseled to the right size, were used along with cedar. Around the great courtyard were three rows of chiseled stones and one row of cedar beams, like the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple and the hall of the palace. King Solomon sent for Hiram of Tyre. He was the son of a widow from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a craftsman in bronze from Tyre. He had the skill and knowledge to make all kinds of works of bronze. He reported to King Solomon and did all the work he was assigned. He fashioned two bronze pillars. Each pillar was 27 feet high and 18 feet in circumference. He made two bronze tops for the pillars. Each was seven and a half feet high. The latticework on the tops of the pillars was adorned with ornamental wreaths and chains. The top of each pillar had seven groupings of ornaments. 
When he made the pillars, there were two rows of pomegranate-shaped ornaments around the latticework covering the top of each pillar. The tops of the two pillars in the porch were shaped like lilies and were six feet high. On the top of each pillar, right above the bulge beside the latticework, there were two hundred pomegranate-shaped ornaments arranged in rows all the way around. He set up the pillars on the porch in front of the main hall. He erected one pillar on the right side and called it Yakin. He erected the other pillar on the left side and called it Boaz. The tops of the pillars were shaped like lilies, so the construction of the pillars was completed. He also made the large bronze basin called the Sea. It measured 15 feet from rim to rim, was circular in shape, and stood seven and a half feet high. Its circumference was 45 feet. Under the rim, all the way around it, were round ornaments arranged in settings 15 feet long. The ornaments were in two rows and had been cast with the sea. The sea stood on top of twelve bulls. Three faced northward, three westward, three southward, and three eastward. The sea was placed on top of them, and they all faced outward. It was four fingers thick, and its rim was like that of a cup, shaped like a lily blossom. It could hold about twelve thousand gallons. He also made ten bronze movable stands. Each stand was six feet long, six feet wide, and four and a half feet high. The stands were constructed with frames between the joints. On these frames and joints were ornamental lions, bulls, and cherubim. Under the lions and bulls were decorative wreaths. Each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles and four supports. Under the basin, the supports were fashioned on each side with wreaths. Inside the stand was a round opening that was a foot and a half deep. It had a support that was two and one quarter feet long. On the edge of the opening were carvings in square frames. The four wheels were under the frames and the crossbars of the axles were connected to the stand. Each wheel was two and one quarter feet high. The wheels were constructed like chariot wheels. Their crossbars, rims, spokes, and hubs were made of cast metal. Each stand had four supports, one per side projecting out from the stand. On top of each stand was a round opening three-quarters of a foot deep. There were also supports and frames on top of the stands. He engraved ornamental cherubim, lions, and palm trees on the plates of the supports and frames wherever there was room, with wreaths all around. He made the ten stands in this way. All of them were cast in one mold and were identical in measurements and shape. He also made ten bronze basins, each of which could hold about 240 gallons. Each basin was six feet in diameter. There was one basin for each stand. He put five basins on the south side of the temple and five on the north side. He put the sea on the south side in the southeast corner. Hiram also made basins, shovels, and bowls. He finished all the work on the Lord's temple he had been assigned by King Solomon. He made the two pillars, the two bowl-shaped tops of the pillars, the latticework for the bowl-shaped tops of the two pillars, the 400 pomegranate-shaped ornaments for the latticework of the two pillars. Each latticework had two rows of these ornaments at the bowl-shaped top of the pillar. The ten movable stands with their ten basins, the big bronze basin called the sea with its twelve bulls underneath, and the pots, shovels, and bowls. All these items King Solomon assigned Hiram to make for the Lord's temple were made from polished bronze. The king had them cast in earth foundries in the region of the Jordan between Succoth and Zarathon. Solomon left all these items unweighed. There were so many of them they did not weigh the bronze. Solomon also made all these items for the Lord's temple, 
the gold altar, the gold table on which was kept the bread of the presence, the pure gold lampstands at the entrance to the inner sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left, the gold flower-shaped ornaments, lamps, and tongs, the pure gold bowls, trimming shears, basins, pans, and censers, and the gold door sockets for the inner sanctuary, the most holy place, and for the doors of the main hall of the temple. When King Solomon finished constructing the Lord's temple, he put the holy items that belonged to his father David, the silver, gold, and other articles, in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. Thank you for joining me on our shared walk through Scripture today. Devotion to Scripture doesn't begin and end here. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to dig deeper and spend some additional time in God's Word today. If you're looking for a great place to start, check the episode description where you will always find a few key verses from the day's reading to reflect on further. I'd love to hear from you. How is God using this podcast to help you grow? How can I be praying for you? Email me at devotedtoscripture at gmail.com. It's amazing seeing a passage come alive as we understand its place in the whole story of the Bible. Knowing and ultimately being a part of that story is the most important undertaking of your life. Join me tomorrow to continue the journey. Be devoted to Scripture.